Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, 211 episodes in, and we're February 6th. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gavin Pickin, Senior Developer Auto Solutions, and I'm joined by Eric Peterson as well, another Senior Developer Auto Solutions. So welcome, Eric. Hey, thank you. Hey, Peter, I see you in the chat. If anyone else is there, please say hello, and uh, we'll chat as we go. But uh, let's get into it. So thanks to our sponsors, first of all, Auto Solutions, the makers of Cold Box, Command Box, Forge Box, Test Box, and all your favorite boxes out there. So, uh, so a few ways to say thanks to Auto Solutions. Uh, CF Summit East was finally announced. Um, it was a, apparently we had our, um, our little workshop before the CF Summit East was announced, but uh, that's one great way to support us is uh, by the workshop, um, join Luis Mahana, and we'll tell you more about it in a cold box workshop at CF Summit East. You can also buy tickets to come see us in DC for the Into the Box in May. So we'll tell you more Ooh. about that soon as well. And of course, you can if, go ahead. You can like and subscribe to these videos on YouTube or in your podcast player of choice. We also appreciate everybody that contributes on our open source repos, uh, issues, pull requests, starring those repos. Um, if you do leave us a review for this podcast, we will read it on the show. So let us know about that. Yep, and then you can sign up for free or paid accounts for CFCast. We also have a Box Life store, which we'll share the link for as well, which has got some cool merch. If you want to see some special orders ones that you won't get at the conferences, that's a great place to go. And then uh, we also have some orders books. So we have some free, some paid. Uh, up on Gumroad, we have the Cold Box tips. And we also have on Amazon, if you want the, the paperback or the hardback copy, you can find that on um, the Cold Fusion in 100 plus minutes. That's available on Amazon, or you can go to modern-cfml.autosbooks.com and get an e-book or a paper copy if you want as well. So you can't do it without another group of people, though, right? That is correct. We want to thank our skillful Patreon supporters. We currently have 45 people supporting us on Patreon. We will tell you more about how you can support at the end of this show and all the perks that come with it. Yeah, for sure. This numbers jumped up a lot. I'm not sure if it's just the start of the year and everyone's credit card numbers changed or what it was, but uh, we got a, a good jump there. So <laughs> very cool to, to have the supporters. So thank you guys. Okay, well, let's jump into news announcements. And as I alluded to earlier, um, CF Summit East was announced just recently. So um, just this last week, I saw on LinkedIn, uh, I guess they're avoiding X or Twitter for uh the normal reasons but we found it so mark Dicata <laughs> posted it up there and they're going to be uh on april 23rd and 24th so it's a one-day conference on the 24th they have the in-person certification on the 23rd um so only 99 dollars for the certified training and the conference is free which is pretty cool um if you haven't been and if you want to check out dc before into the box that's probably a good place to to go do it Speaking of uh, Mark Takata, congratulations, Mark. He has been promoted. He is now the senior Cold Fusion technical evangelist at Adobe. So congratulations. He's a great uh, asset in our community. Glad to have him with us. 
Yep, because we knew all the hard work he was doing was either going to get him in trouble or get him a promotion. So I'm glad it was a promotion. <laughs> so, that's good. Yeah, Mark definitely pushes it hard. And I saw another LinkedIn post as well. He was uh, sponsoring the Biz Hub Tech meeting in Sacramento a couple of days ago. Apparently, a lot of bigger people just got in there. And uh, yeah, so again, LinkedIn seems to be where people are posting these days. So go there to check it out, follow Mark and some of the other CFMod developers in there. I'm worried what my uh, LinkedIn currently looks like. I might not have updated it since I started working for Ordis. <laughs> Probably not. I haven't updated mine in forever, too. Every once in a while I go there, I'm like, oops. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Well, Re later in DC in May, we have Into the Box and we have announced the second set of speakers and sessions. We'll throw that link into the show note. You can check it out on the Ordis Solutions blog. But we keep showing you all of the great content that's coming in this amazing conference so yeah there's a couple sure. of special people on that list too i think um there's some guy called eric peterson and uh, myself <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so if you want to find out about our sessions you can go check that out there we'll tell you yeah, more I, soon it's, I'm, I'm excited quite excited i one of mine is a, a new one on pass keys we've seen that all around uh, i have a session about pass keys with cb security so that's very cool. Uh, yeah, I have, a good one. I've actually listened to a couple of podcasts about it lately and actually started implementing them. I didn't realize how they were built or why or whatever, but it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll have to tenure session and see if I can fill the gaps. But yeah, pass keys are pretty cool, very secure if you want to look at using them. Yeah, definitely neat. New releases and updates. So Cold Fusion Builder extension for VS Code got a new update. Um, just a week or so ago. So um, basically it's a, an update. It's got some um, dictionary support changes for new functions added in 2023 and some serialization XML stuff and a few bug fixes. So not a huge update, but just something to get out there. So if you're using VS Code in that extension, definitely go give that an update. Ooh, and this one here, see, hot off the press. I didn't even know about it. So you remember last week, Gavin, how we went through, uh, not last week, two weeks, we went through a huge uh, swath of, of Ben posts. The Ben corner. And yep. in it, we talked about uh, retrying HTTP requests. And you asked the question, you said, can Hyper do that? And I said, no. Not yet. Uh, well, now it can. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Hyper version uh, 7.3. Now you can retry failed requests. It has a default user agent, uh, which it did not before. And there's also a little bit of uh, improvements on the fake request counts and sequences. So oh, very fun cool. Fun fact, in testing the retried failed request, I used all the new fakes in Hyper. And uh, oh. it was very, what's the word I'm looking for? Satisfying. It worked very well. So uh, yeah, that's Hyper version 7.3. I guess I couldn't leave it alone yeah well that's cool that's the thing sometimes you see a blog post out there and it gives you inspiration to to add to a module or even create a whole new module sometimes and that's uh that's part of the fun so very cool and thanks eric for doing the work on all the modules you look after and there's a lot of them so <laughs> thank you for your hard work there <laughs> i know we'll talk about a few more before this uh, session is out okay so webinars meetups and workshops um i just have one that i saw again if there's others that we're not aware of let us know uh, we had an email from someone 
um, that we were missing some of their content and we look in certain places if we don't look there um, we don't see it so let us know if there's certain content you're seeing elsewhere that we're not seeing we're trying to get them into the news but um, the online cf meetup charlie's done four or five i think in the last month or so and the last one he did was january 25th the many capabilities of cf package management in cfpm so that one's that was interesting because a lot of people are confused about that versus forgebox and stuff and obviously it's very different right eric it's true and you know i don't do much with cfpm it seems to be more of a when i start the server i need to install certain extensions or at least i look at them as extensions kind of like lucy's extensions yeah um and so it's just i don't know it's built into our into our code into our configuration for the project um kind of a fire and forget thing for me yeah it's just a big thing when they modularized it they went to um you know a, a very very small core i think instead of 1.5 gigs of the download you can get a download of 220 and then you install the modules you want and so the, the cfpm tool helps you with that if you want to do it from the command line versus in the admin um, and so charlie talks about that and all the other bits of it and it's kind of cool that it does actually scan your code to see what packages you might need which is neat uh, so you don't install ones you don't need and you know open yourself up to vulnerability so but so that session or, was recorded i'm sorry yeah or just bloat right yeah like maybe not vulnerability but you're just adding you know megabytes of downloads that you don't need and in increasing the length and work of your pipelines and deploys and all that yeah for sure and if you're doing docker images you know the the space will add up so yep okay uh, again if you know of any other meetups coming up let us know um, we try to check in a few places trying to keep our date up to date i know of one i'm trying to find it the hawaii cold fusion user group is doing one on cold box with john clausen oh. sometime <laughs> I yeah i know was, you that was great <laughs> i know you did this the cf hawaii as well um you put, did one just recently didn't you john barry i yeah i did mine in december okay so and uh, here it is i don't see it on their website but february 23rd at noon hawaii time is supposed to be the uh intro to cold box by john clausen okay well uh, i am putting I'll, it in the notes and then we'll I'll grab yeah. a link to the uh the slack i guess but like it's not on their website yet yep make it easy for everyone to find it guys uh, maybe i need to add some more filters to uh link linkedin if that's where they're posting it i know that everyone's there these days but uh we'll we'll try and do better with that but uh yeah so back to conferences so we can give you a little bit more detail now i'm gonna pull up some of this so i can actually show you live on my screen but the first one is adobe cold fusion online summit 2024 and this one i never even heard about until just this morning so we're waiting for cf summit east and i found this one so apparently adobe cold fusion online summit 2024 is coming in march and so this link here if we go look at the the speakers we'll see that there's some of the regulars from cf summit so charlie's going to be there and raymond and Mayor monty chan is there as well daniel garcia dave ferguson so Quite a few people in here, um, not the full lineup, um, but there's still quite a lot of people in here doing their sessions. And so if you look at this agenda here, uh, 
go through and check it out. So I think a lot of those uh, repeats from from basically the CF Summit. So they couldn't mm -hmm. record online, and so this is their way to do that. And so they've asked people to present, and um, yeah, so it's pretty cool that they're yeah. doing that there. So um, it looks like it's maybe weekly. It's the agenda had um, different dates. So oh wow, there's quite a few. Like so, yeah. rolling it looks up. Looks like it's it's uh, starting February fifteenth, and there's. One or two every few days. So yep. sounds um, like pin this website and keep an eye on the ones that you want to attend. Yep. I've already got an email there waiting for me to do my session, maybe uh, from Sea of Summit. So it's a, definitely a possibility, but it's cool that we're getting all those sessions recorded because Sea of Summit was great last year and it's good to get that content online so we can keep it. And then uh, we have CF Summit East. You want to tell us about that? And I'll pull it up yeah, on my we, screen. We mentioned this earlier that it's now officially announced. So this is CF Summit East on April 24th. It is a free one-day conference. They are also uh, doing their Adobe Certified Professional for Cold Fusion the day before on the 23rd. That costs $99. This looks like it's in Reston, Virginia, right outside DC. So we will include the link to register in the show notes. Yeah. It's always good when you get a free day and you get breakfast and lunch included, you know, if you're <laughs> that's true. Very nice. And um after the Adobe CF Summit East, you can attend our Coldbox 7 workshop with Luis Mahano, the creator of Coldbox, the Coldbox, the father of Coldbox. I don't know, I was trying to think of something clever, it didn't happen. Yeah, the creator. <laughs> but yep. Um, if you look here, just cool thing is with this is it's a two-day training so a lot of times with our cold box trainings we only get one day for various reasons so the two-day trainings are um just a lot more in depth you really get a, a lot more time to to dive in and see if some we did a two-day workshop and uh it was really good working with everyone there and i think they get a lot more out of the two-day workshop you still get a lot from the one-day workshop don't get me wrong but it's definitely something we said about that and there's so much cool stuff in cold box and 7.2 even more um Luis has just added a lot to it lately um so it'd be a great way to get up to speed and all the the goodness of seven and seven seven one and seven two so it's crazy how much he's been changing and in, in that's a real big addition so right i i got the name now gavin he's the box father the box father <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, now, we, now we need it for into the box we need a picture of Luis as the box father that will be pretty awesome yeah i got some ideas we'll have to... <laughs> speaking yeah. of into the box that's uh coming ever closer may 15 through 17 and yeah. optica in washington dc uh we talked about more of the sessions being announced and all that we also have uh hotel options to share yes we do there's a blog post of that we'll share the links for that as well um but also the pre-conference workshops are up so if you guys are looking at uh something for front-end reactive front-ends with cfml got cb wire and alpine js with grant um bare metal to the cloud migrating legacy applications to amazon web services and this is a great one if you wanted to you know get moving uh, with aws they'll go from basically from start to finish with that um it's really cool to, to get into the details of aws 
and then Cobalt 7 Unleashed. So a one-day version of that workshop, if you want to do that with Luis. And we have some sessions. So we have some pretty good ones here. Um, some new people too. So if I go to speakers real quick, we'll see some of these names are, are new, but some of them are the, the, you know, the ones we're used to every time, but it's really cool to have some of the new speakers out there. So I think we have a couple um, more that'll be added to the website soon, but it's just really cool to, to see some new speakers out here. And to be honest, there's a couple more be added here very soon as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so hard to fit this content, right? We won't have enough time between the sessions for people to be able to talk and mingle and everything, but it's just so hard to get everything into two days. And it's really hard to say, let's not do three days, but I think we could fill out three or four days or even a week really with all the content we have. So <laughs> hard decisions were made. I'll just leave it at that. So if only we could all just take off a week from our normal day-to-day -day work to go <laughs> to this conference. Yeah, we wish we wish everybody we yeah. always take off more time just to get the conference set up and organized too so if you, you're there for three days we're usually there for five or six so yeah that's it's definitely a, a big thing cf camp so another great conference um cf camp is going to be back in rising germany munich um so june 13th to 14th and they call for speakers open so you got to make a return this year eric uh, we will see. I mean, I can. The call for speakers is open through March seventeenth, so I can put my name in the hat. So can you? So can you, Gavin? I know I've actually saved some of my mileage points. It's all about time, though. <laughs> so I'll have to see. It's the day after my birthday, so I'm like they time it really uh -huh. nicely for like a birthday getaway. <laughs> we will see. Just uh, be careful about taking the trains. <laughs> you can ask Dan Card about that one day if you want. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure he'd be happy to tell us his uh, nightmare stories. So on CF Camp's uh, call for speakers using paper call, they have a plethora of topics that you can talk about. Uh, of course, CFML is there, but also front end and mobile and desktop development, databases, other storage and uh, infrastructure, adjacent technology, cloud services, all of that. So go ahead and, and throw your hat in the ring. This is a great conference, and I'm excited to see who submits some topics this week. Yeah, it's funny to see Dot on there. Uh, I know that Angular Dot was pretty big for a while. But yeah, I mean, you definitely have a lot of a lot of different options here. It's nice that they give you some, some ideas, too. A lot of times you're not sure what type of content they're looking for. So Kai and uh, is it Mikael? Um, who run the conference or the, the Misha. content committee? Misha. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're, they do a good job. So thanks for all their hard work. And yeah, I'm sure it'll be a, another great one this year. And then we do have more conferences if you want. Comps.tech is a um, basically a GitHub-backed system. And so they allow you to submit your um, conferences and you can go find a lot of different conferences there online in person for different languages and everything else. So. Uh, it's kind of cool to see which ones in the area for JavaScript and everything too. So comps.tech and fill up your conference calendar. Okay, blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. Uh, we have quite a few here, so we'll probably roll through them pretty quickly. But first one we have is from uh, David Rogers. So he's just talking about Lucy Debug. Um, he's actually changed it up so that Lucy Compiler is being used instead of the Lucy Evaluator. 
So now all of the language is available in the watch and about expressions and Lucy debug. So if you want, you can go check that out. Um, because Lucy debug is pretty cool. Yeah. If you're wondering, <clears throat> sorry, what we're talking about, Lucy debug is a project to do step debugging. Um, well, I use it through VS Code, but step debugging with Lucy um, works great. And I hadn't ran into this with the watch eval expressions, but it's awesome that now it's not even something I will run into. So great work, David, and can't wait to use that. Yep. And then okay. uh, James Moberg did some talking about QB a little bit. You want to tell him, uh, tell us why he thinks it's pretty cool? Yeah, James was talking about the uh, two SQL method on a QB builder. And so that's basically, you can call that any time in building up the query and it will show you exactly what it would come out as if you were to execute it right then. Um, even uh, above that, it can, by default, it will just show question marks for all the bindings, but you can ask it to show the query param struct that would go in or even just inline the bindings if you wanted to copy it and put it into your uh, database software of choice. Uh, I would put out there that in addition to 2SQL, there's a handy dump method, which does this whole 2SQL thing, but sends it to write dump for you. Uh, you can pass in all the write dump arguments and this show bindings argument. So sometimes I use that multiple times in the query chain just to see if it's chain changing the way I think it should. Yep. And so, yeah, there's a lot of cool things. Um, I like the way that well, you've just added all that debugging in because... Yeah, CB query, uh, QB makes query building way easier. None of that weird, crazy if statements in five different places. You build it as you need it. And like other languages doing this, like SQLize for JavaScript and uh, you know a bunch of other tools out there have query builders and they've had for a long time. So it's funny when you meet a front-end developer now and you mention SQL and they don't know what you're talking about because they all use query builders or ORMs. Yeah, that's true. Or just APIs. Yep. Okay, Oop. so we both posted the same one at the same time, but uh, oh. next up we have one from Gregory Alexander, um, and he's got a tags versus CF script in ColdFusion and Lucy, and so just a sort of a, a nice run through of some of the differences there, advantages and disadvantages of both. Um, uh, yeah. The evergreen topic of tags versus script. Yep. <laughs> I know it's funny though, when I, whenever I listen to podcasts, everyone's talking about, you know, doing like HTMX these days and stuff. It's like, you know, you got to pick your templating, you know, library on the back end. I'm like, okay, well, ColdFusion just has tags for views and that's great. What do we need to get a whole thing like PUD yeah. or anything else, which you can use obviously, but everyone has to like choose their templating language. And it's kind of nice that ours is just built in. And, and I think Absolutely. most people will agree, you know, like tags for views makes a lot of sense. And then and yeah. as far as the, the models and other stuff, it's like, script is leaner more like javascript that's why most people i think like it but uh you know it just it also makes a difference when you're looking at it you're instantly know that you're in logic you're in the business model stuff you're not in a view so it's just easily for my brain to say oh we're outputting stuff we're in a view tags if you're elsewhere it's logic and that's where i sit there but yep yep next up we have uh, a post on the or solutions blog about the hotel options we mentioned them earlier in our conference section, but you can step through and see uh, we've reviewed a few different hotel options and you can see which ones will work for you based on distance from the venue, price and availability. Very cool. 
Okay, well, I'm going to stop and uh, show my screen for this one here. I'll paste this in real quick first. Um, beautiful, beautiful picture of Bean and, uh, and Brad. But so this one, comparing binary values in Cold Fusion. Um, these are database table and he's storing binary tokens and basically he's looking to compare. So I always like Ben's because he has uh, the walkthrough of all the different code pieces. And so he's decoding different things, different ways and comparing them, um, which is interesting because yeah, the binary decode, you know, versus hex and UTF, he's looking at the case. So that it's different casing and trying to see if it's true or false. It's, I always get confused when we start getting into like Java arrays though, and the bytes and, and everything else. So I always like to be able to look at something like this for a comparison, but yeah. yeah I think the uh, big thing to take away is even if you've converted your strings to like um, a 64, you can't just do a double equals in cold fusion because that is case insensitive and base 64 strings are case sensitive. So Two options here use hex or uh use the arrays themselves and use java's arrays class to compare them so yeah very cool okay yeah that's the thing that the whole wins and sensitive wins not in case sensitive it's always bites you that's for sure okay next up um we have an audit newsletter um so we're we got that there on the blog if you want to get sort of all of our updates in one place. But we also have um, Charlie talking about his um, latest session, and it's going to be monitoring solutions for CF and Lucy. He's going to be speaking into the box, so it's always cool to have Charlie speaking at our conference. Uh, he's got a wealth of knowledge and, and wisdom, and the fact he helps people all the time is really great. Um, he sort of shares lots of stories and, and knowledge from every every person he works with, so... It's always good to have him coming in. The monitoring solutions is what he basically spends his day working in to, to be able to help people find those problems. So, And I, I'm excited for this one because, I don't know, if you asked me about monitoring solutions, I'd say Fusion Reactor and I'd just move on. But um, I, I like learning about the new ones, learning about other entrants in there and what they're doing and neat features they have. So yeah, thank I'm, you, Charlie. We're excited for this. Yeah, and the other cool thing is, too, is a lot of those tools you know, like some JVM or just Java tools will actually help um, with your code. And, you know, if you're using Adobe CF, they have some monitoring tools as well. And so there's lots of cool stuff you have already at your disposal. And it's nice to be able to see them and see the differences. And then the next one, um, Ben looks at the performance of structs versus order structs in Cold Fusion. And so he works through that little experiment. And then uh, the next blog post, he's got talking about powering. Oh. Sorry. Well, should we should we uh, talk about the interesting finding about it, which was basically there wasn't that much difference? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, yeah, I was going to look into a little bit more if, if there was a change. But yeah, it's kind of funny that basically I think Sean said that, you know, we're not using real world scenario and that's why it doesn't it doesn't have the same effect. I think he said that on Twitter. Um, but but yeah, basically in his little test, there was not much of a difference, right? So, and there was a couple different tests: one of uh, creating the struct and reading it, and one about inserting into it. And uh, neither of them had a huge difference, and it varied, of course, between uh, Adobe CF and Lucy. 
So um, once again, whenever we're talking about performance, the key is to measure because if you don't measure, then you just made a change for who knows what reason. Yeah. I know there's, and that's the thing too. A lot of times we have a sort of a best practice memory of why you shouldn't do something. And then the engines update, you know, there was like for a long time, people said, don't use, was it? wasn't as defined there was another function there's a couple of functions that everyone used all the time and they told them basically don't use them they're super slow and then they someone went back and tested them years later and like they'd improved them to the point where under the covers they were like oh we'll just use the better function and so it was the same speed so it didn't really make much of a difference but yep. but yeah but always good to test i learned that one with uh working orders for sure Okay, so the next one, um, you had powering email unsubscribe links using the signed URLs. I think we talked yeah. about the other blog post from the previous week, and he was building on top of that one. Yeah, so here he shows how you could use signed URLs, in this case, to do unsubscribe links. So that way, somebody can't just go in and change the user ID in your unsubscribe link, you know, because it's baked into the signature, and only you can calculate the signature. So, smart way to do it. And... Yep. Um, a yeah. little video for you to look through as well but yeah definitely good and i think we covered it last time but yeah that's sort of the whole thing with the jwt as well like you can tell if someone's changed it because it doesn't match up anymore yep. so. or aws signatures when you're dealing with s3 there's a whole bunch of places that use signatures like this yep it's neat because the contents make up the you know make up the contribution portions of the key so you change one doesn't make any sense anymore so cool um you're hot on the links there so i'll just keep reading so yeah charlie posted um his recordings for those january and december presentations we mentioned before he's got quite a few that he's done so good there and maho also posted the second rounds of session releases so i might actually click on that one and just show it real quick because it has this the latest versions for us so we can have a quick look here So you can see the new sessions. So Eric's CBQ, jobs and tasks in the background. We've got Charlie speaking about demonstrating monitoring solutions for CF and Lucy. And then Kurt Gratz is talking about taming the data sprawl, strategies for managing and controlling data proliferation. Why well, she said that one right. Can't say my own name sometimes, but I got it right. And then I'm speaking about VS Code powered up for modern CFML development. And then on Friday, we have George Murphy talking about migrating your infrastructure to AWS Cloud. Luis and Esme is going to be talking about headless content for the win. And Eric Peterson with pass keys and CB security. That's super cool. And then Felicia is talking about web accessibility for all. So she's another new speaker. So software engineer at Keys Consulting. So again, uh, a lot of cool stuff into the box. Okay, so next up, you want to talk about Ben's converting strings and to integers using hash, hash code, and CRC32? Right. It's a very technical title. Uh, this happens to be because of his work on feature flags and his feature flag library he's making. Uh, one thing that you need in a feature flag library is the ability to take any arbitrary string and map it to a number uh, 1 through 100. Uh, for percentage-based rollouts. So when you say, I want 50% of my users to get this, uh, you have some identifier for that user, and it needs to map to that number. 
And so he was using the CRC32 algorithm, which I re I'm slightly familiar with when I did the uh, library for Unleash SDK, which is another feature flags library. Um, and when he did that, he was uh, turned on to maybe using hash or hash code for the same uh, logic. And he goes through how he used those in here and how they did. Um, and you can check out the details in his blog post. Yep. Very cool. We'll leave some suspense at the end there. And then um, we did have a blog post about Charlie's um, CF package management presentation, which he's already presented. And so we shared the link already. And then there's a couple here um, from Igor. And I think the Adobe blog got him out of order, but basically dealing with deprecated tags. And so he's been doing some work migrating some older stuff to ColdFusion 2023. And so basically what he did was um, actually use like a custom tag to help recreate it. So CF menu, for example. So he basically created a custom tag for that and took the same inputs and then tried to do something with it. And he actually did the same thing for um, like a CF query with the SQL and the SQL type of int versus integer. And so he's got a couple of blog posts there about using that, which is kind of a nice approach with some things completely removed. It's kind of a, a good way to do that. Custom tags are very powerful. And, um, and if you're in Lucy, obviously you can, you can build some of your own there as well. A lot more options for extension in Lucy, but yep. Yeah. I think I, I as a, Hold box fishing now, though, I'd probably be reaching for like a, a custom view, you know, to include in whenever I wanted a tag like that. So um, that'd be another way to handle it if you didn't want to go the custom tag route is a, a view. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I also don't remember what CF menu did. <laughs> it was a little like um, basically a, a, a menu bar that had drop downs, I think, you know, sort of okay. the old school uh seven was it menu seven stuff that you used to use no you're probably not old enough for that <laughs> some javascript stuff that we used to do but yeah in the old days but yep and then we had a blog from gregory alexander about recursive cold fusion functions and so this is always interesting i like the recursive stuff you know one of those sort of more theoretical problem solving and lose your mind sometimes but in college we did a lot of stuff on that but yeah so he talks about recursive functions and then you know scenarios of where it might be useful and using uh using cold fusion and what you should really care about and there are some uh some good links at the top here to to find out more ben for example has some information on it but yeah so I've done a few of these in my, my time for sure. I'm sure in your, all your modules and libraries, you probably got some crazy stuff for this, but usually it comes down to category taxonomy, like he's got here for blogs and stuff where you work, walk your way down menus and stuff, but we had to do them to like solve your way out of a map, like basically get through a maze in college. I think we had to use recursive functions to. Yeah. Or if search. you're ever dealing with traversing tree like data structures, you know, you'll, you're going to have something like this as well. Um, yeah. He and uh, Gregory goes into it in his blog post, but you have at least two logic branches. One is the the state where you end recursing and you return a value, and the other is where you keep recursing. And if you don't have that state where you stop, that's where you're going to get a stack overflow somewhere. <laughs> yep, that's for sure. Okay. 
And then we have one more here, and this was just something I think we 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 might have covered, but I want to sort of remind everybody that um, Fusion Reactor uh, wanted to let everyone know that on February 29th, yes, there's 29 days in February this year. Um, if you're using the Fusion Reactor agent in cloud, they're basically no longer supporting versions eight and nine after February 29th. So make sure you get those updated so everything keeps working as you'd expect. So that wraps, wraps up to our blog suites and videos of the week. Ooh. Find a job. So it's only been a couple of weeks since our last show. So there actually was zero postings. Um, on the Get CFML Jobs site, but there's still lots on there, over 117 from the last few months. So I highly recommend checking that out. And then CFML Slack has jobs board, so does the Box Team Slack. And um, if you go look on CFML groups on LinkedIn and Facebook, you, a lot of people post stuff in there as well. So let us know if you have any jobs you'd like to list, um, but those are some ways you can go check those out. Okay, next up we have our ForgeBox module of the week, and the writer of the module is actually in the chat today. So David Levin has uh, produced this little module, and it's called WebP. Do you know what WebP is? Uh, I know it's a Google image format. I believe it's um, you know a bit more. I don't think it compresses the right word, but it's smaller at the same levels of. Um, of fidelity so yeah so this uh, module that he created is a cobox module that helps provide a simple api for converting images to webp format and it can be used to convert webp images into other formats so it does use those um, binaries like you said from google um, but yeah so it's offering superior lossless and lossy compressions for images on the web google encourages it um, part of their core web vitals initiative 23 sorry 25 to 35 percent smaller than the jpeg or png counterparts so faster page huh? loads and reduced bandwidth so it's compatible all major browsers um lucy image extension now supports it but adobe Core fusion does not there's an open ticket so if you guys can go vote for that uh, help get that supported in adobe Core fusion um, but so this... now that support would be for using it with like all the image tags right yeah like read read image um, <laughs> okay yeah exactly. so because you can use this library to interact with all the images and your browser is going to display them so you don't have to have support in adobe cold fusion to use webp no this module does that for you and that's why it's right. using it that's why i built it so yeah so yep and if we look down here um webp can give a command path to binaries and then the property, the source and destination. So pretty simple uh, methods here. Ah, I wonder whatever info it has in there, but very cool. So yeah, that would be a very handy one for sure. I know that all these different image formats coming out are kind of annoying if you don't have support for them, but WebP is a good one if it's going to be that much smaller. I didn't know that. That's the only downside of using old programs that Adobe killed, like Fireworks. They don't have all the exports you can do for <laughs> the image formats. But uh, but cool. He's got a lot of good stuff in here. So very, very cool. So thank you, David, for that one. And we learned a little bit more about WebP today. So very cool. So did I actually put the link in? No, I didn't. Let me copy that in. So go check it out in ForgeBox. And uh, yeah. 
bug David, and this looks like uh, James was talking about saying there's a self-serve open source image server to auto-serve WebP to browser support it. That's cool. So he doesn't use them um, and see if or even host them. And I think a lot of people using um, CDNs. Was cloud, it? It's a Cloudinary? Yeah. Yeah, Cloudinary allows you to do some pretty cool stuff, upload the image, and then you can tell it, hey, I want this image in this format, this size, and it'll give it to you. So right. you know, auto-scale stuff. But there's some sounds, like, self- sounds like James's is a self-serve Cloudinary. Yeah. Which one was it? James, if you want to post the link to that again, I think you've told me before, but I've forgotten. And I've always wanted to, to get one of those servers up and running. Okay, so a VS Code hint tip and trick of the week. Now, this one is one that I, I saw, but does not currently have CFML support, but James Moberg is already on top of it and uh, has a, <laughs> a ticket for voting. Um, and so it is the JSCPD, which I've never heard of before, but apparently it's a cool little tool to help look for duplicated code. And so the extension is pretty simple. And it runs in VS Code, but this is, I'm opening up the repo for those watching here. So the JSCPD, it's a, a little binary, but basically helps you go look through over 150 programming languages um, and looks through all your code and finds duplicated blocks. Um, and so it'll go through and I think the VS Code one, does it have pitches? Nope. But I did see some stuff online where people were talking about it and pretty cool that it can basically find all your duplicated code. It's one of those things where you're not sure if you should refactor yet, this will tell you, yes, you probably should. <laughs> it's 10, 15 places in your code, you should probably uh, look at that. So yeah, um, but I was really, really impressed with this, you know, cool little tool. And yeah, hopefully you guys once, well, use it for JavaScript, at least for now, um, but in other 149 languages, but hopefully we can get some votes and get ColdFusion added as well. So I went already put my thumbs up on that one. So we'll share the link for that one as well. And that way you guys can go vote. Um, but yeah, just another VS Code. And again, if you guys have some cool VS Code extensions that we haven't covered or haven't covered in a while, let us know. Same with ForgeBox modules. We try and look for new ones or special ones. But if you guys have got some recommendations, let us know. We'd love to add them to the list and share them with everybody else. Yeah, we'd especially love that. If it's one that you've written or maintain, we'd love to highlight our community members. Yeah, for sure. I know David got a little kick out of uh, talking about his one today. So very cool. Okay, last but not least, we have our Patreon supporters that we want to thank. So... Again, just for those who don't know, these are the individuals that are personally supporting our open source initiatives to ensure we get to keep building all these tools we build, like Command Box and Forge Box and Cold Box and Content Box and Test Box, and all the other modules that Eric makes and everything else too. And also supports our cloud infrastructure that um, Forge Box and our package management with Command Box rely upon so heavily. And you can find out more at patreon.com slash order solutions. And I'll go pull up the site, but Eric tells you about some of the perks. That's right. You can subscribe either monthly or annually. You can save 10% by uh, subscribing annually. Bronze packages and up, you're going to get a Forgebox Pro and CFCast subscription as a perk. All of our Patreon supporters have a unique profile badge on our community website, as well as their own private forum access on that website, and access to a private channel on the Box Team Slack. 
you can visit our community at community.ordersolutions.com and you can learn more about our Patreon at patreon.com slash solutions. Yes, for sure. And uh, we have a large number, at least we've got 45, or might even be more than that, because some people in different countries can't use Patreon. So we're just going to cover the, the skillful top Patreons that we have, highlight some of the, the, the top Patreons. So I'll start off the list. So thank you, John Wilson from Synaptrix, Tomorrow's Guides, and Jordan Clark. And I think you read them all last time, so I'll do these ones. So thank you again to Gary Knight, Giancarlo Gomez, David Bellinger, Dan Card, James Moberg, and Jeffrey McGee from Sunstar Media, Dean Monder, Kevin Wright, Doug Kane, Nolan Irk, and Abdul Rahim and many, many more that are listed on our website. And we appreciate each and every one of you. So if you guys want to find out more, you can follow the link in the show notes about that or go to Auto Solutions, sorry, patreon.com slash Auto Solutions. Follow us there. And again, a lot of great things coming, conferences coming. So uh, make sure you guys get your schedules to your boss. And uh, if you need help writing the letter to say why it's worth coming, let us know. We can. Uh, whip something up for you but we'd love to see some of these conferences and everybody have a great week we'll see ya thanks everybody show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes we also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.